0: Hey everybody, welcome to Morning Breath. If it's your first time and you're wondering what Morning Breath is, it's a daily devotion where one of our pastors and a co-host read the chapter of the Bible the night before, come in the next day, and read it on air with you guys, whether that's on YouTube, Spotify, or on the radio. Um, If you want to know more about East Coast or Morning Breath, just check out our app, the East Coast app, or go to our website at eccc.us. Let's jump into the chapter. You are listening to the Morning Breath podcast, Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastors Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Hey, welcome to Morning Breath. I'm Matt, and this is Jessica. What's going on? Well,
1: as you can see, it is fall. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the way that we
1: know this is not because it's October 4th, but because I'm wearing orange and red. Very fall colors. You even said that. Oh, where'd you get that shirt? It's very fall. I'm like, yes, this is the way that you differentiate seasons in Florida Yeah. by what you wear.
0: And on Morning Breath, if you haven't noticed, I just wear black. Yep. I never change. Literally. I just have a black shirt. Yeah. That's what I wear it's every day. It's your uniform. It's my uniform. It's your Morning Breath uniform. Yes. I yep. put a black shirt on and I'm good to go.
1: I change it up for the people. <laughs> Give them some color. Black is your favorite color. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's very true. So what's up? What's new?
0: Do we have a question? What's happening? Oh, we
1: do. We do have a question. Sorry. I'm putting my my unicorn thing from my daughter Away from me. So, well, I will tell
0: you something that is cool happening at church, East Coast Christian Center. Tell if you me. don't have a local church, we'd love to see you there, um, either online or in person. You know, both are incredible. Um, if I do say so myself, uh, but they are they're incredible As you communities. Were that, I was they like, have. I mean, and I'm not saying that in a prideful way. Amazing. I'm, I'm proud to be a part of an amazing church. Yes. And it, it takes more than one person to do that. So I'm not taking credit for that. And I um, know
1: that for sure. And like our team is incredible. We have like, not even just the people who are on paid staff, but like the, church, the, peop- the church, like people who serve and give and, and sow seed. And like, it's crazy. It's but amazing.
0: We, we have a new series coming up called mind games. Yes. mind games, mind games, mind games, uh, is not about like that girl that played games with you in high school. Like, and was like, <laughs> I like you, but you're my best friend. Like, not that. Yeah. Uh, Mind Games is about your thinking and how important it is.
1: (laughs) That felt deep and personal. (laughs) To every man. Yeah. I like you, but you're my best friend. So I don't like you.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That love triangle that you were in for four years in junior high or whatever. It's not not that. that. It is just basically a series on your thinking. As a man thinks, so is he. As a woman thinks, so is she. Mm-hmm. Okay, And so it's just taking control of up here because this is where God speaks to us. We process it through our minds. The enemy speaks to us. We process it through our minds. Mm-hmm. We're doing a lot of processing up here. Yeah, And uh, having the word of God as our foundation, it helps a ton. Yes, But actually using the word of God helps the most.
1: Yeah, so. for sure. And I would recommend a book that was written, two books actually, uh, very similar, but different. Um, Joyce Meyer wrote a book called Battlefield of the Mind years oh, yeah. ago. It is so good. And then Craig Rochelle wrote a book recently called Winning the War in Your Mind. And I'm like, oh, it's gonna, it's just going to be Joyce Meyer recycled, but it's not. It's really, really good. So I would recommend both of those. I would recommend the, Bi- recommend the Bible first and then those books. Yeah. Know, well, they
0: just bring to life some of the scriptures and show yeah. us how to apply and it to our lives. Practical
1: <laughs> examples yeah. and ways. Yes, for sure. So, our question is from Luke Romanoff, once again, and his question for us is, what is our favorite comfort food? Oh. Huh.
0: Hmm. huh. Do you have it's, any comfort
1: foods? I haven't for a while. I'm um, trying to think just, of, like, pre.
0: Just, if you did, have all of your senses fully back. When I do, yeah. When you do. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, what if am I you gonna did eat? right now. Yeah. So, What would that be? Because you haven't had your sense of smell for a while. Yep. And my taste either.
1: Um, I probably like Mexican food. Cheesy. Let's just say fatty and cheesy and salty. Mm. Anything like macaroni cheese fits into that category. What else? Like a good you know what sounds good right now? A Jersey Mike sub <laughs> that's with is the not
0: comfort food. Can you give me a break? Yes it is with the Jersey steak, Mike. The steak sub, and cheese one? That is comfort food? Why not? It's fatty. Does it bring you comfort? Like I just want to challenge your comfort food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say my mom's lasagna. That's good. That is really good. That's like your mom's lasagna is really good. Cheesy, mm-hmm. saucy, mm-hmm. gooey. Sa- Sa- <laughs> Saucy. No meat. No meat in a restaurant. That was
1: weird to me at first, I have to say, but it is way better. And you know what proves this point further is that you got on this kick where you were look, watching like some pizza guy on Instagram or something. No, and he
0: too, no, I don't know, some show.
1: And he said that the best pizza is cheese. cheese. pizza. And I'm like, no. And I no. scoffed at cheese pizza. And I'm like, no. Mind. Meat lovers, like meat, like bacon, like all that stuff has to be on pizza to be good. But then- when you really have like a good cheese pizza, like not Little Caesars, it is really good. It's good. It is
0: just pure. Even Little Caesars thin crust nope. cheese, it's still good. It's so bland. It's so good. so bland.
1: I have to add garlic salt
0: but to it. But let me just tell you, cheese quesadilla, mm. better than a quesadilla with, with cheese meat. and meat in yeah, it. Yeah, it's true. Like most people like it's the, really weird the purity of the cheese. Yeah. That's where it's at. And so the lasagna with no meat, like, wow.
1: You know what's the best is that our son- Says he hates cheese, but he likes pizza. So that's a conundrum. (laughs) So, what was yours? What was your call? Oh, lasagna. Sorry. So sorry. Sorry. I was thinking about Jersey (laughs) mics. I'm just kidding. Anything else? Any other? Oh, you know what else has really good, been comforting to me lately is my stepdad Jeff makes um, tapioca pudding from like scratch, like sitting at the stove and stirring and stirring and stirring in the milk and stirring and stirring and not letting it boil over. And he made that for me. And it actually tastes decent, like to me, which is everything tastes, has tasted like perfume. So and the tapioca tasted good. And you had some the other night. And I was like...
0: Hold me back, but I
1: love you, and you can have it. Sowing and reaping.
0: <laughs> Sowing and reaping, yes. You're going to reap the harvest.
1: Of tapioca pudding.
0: Of your senses. Yes.
1: Amen. I receive it. Jesus' name. Um, so we're in Second Samuel, chapter 18, and I will read. All right. And it's not that long. Okay. David numbered the men who were with him and set them commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds. Then David sent the army out, a third under the command of Joab, a third under Abishai, the son of Zariah, Joab's brother, and a third under the command of Ittai the Gittite. And the king said to the man, to the men, I myself will certainly go out to fight with you. But the men said, You should not go out to battle with us, for if, in fact, we retreat, they will not care about us. Even if half of us die, they will not care about us. But you are worth 10,000 of us. So now it's better that you be ready to help us from the city of Mahanim. Then the king said to them, I will do whatever seems best to you. So the king stood beside the gate of Mahanim, and all the army went out in groups of hundreds and thousands. The king commanded Joab and Abishai and Ittai, saying, Deal gently with the young man Absalom for my sake. And all the men heard when the king gave orders to all the commanders about Absalom. So the men went out into the field against Israel, and the battle was fought in the forest of Ephraim. The men of Israel who supported Absalom were defeated there by the men of David, and a great slaughter took place there that day, 20,000 men. For the battle there was spread out over the surface of the entire countryside, and the hazards of the forest devoured more men that day than did the sword." Now Absalom met the servants of David. Absalom was riding on his mule and the mule went under the thick branches of a massive tree and his head was caught in the thick branches of the tree and he was left hanging in midair between heaven and earth while the mule that had been under him kept going. A certain man saw it and informed Joab, saying, I saw Absalom hanging in a tree. Joab said to the man who informed him, you saw him? Why then did you not strike him there to the ground? I would have given you ten pieces of silver and a belt. The man told Joab, even if I were to feel the weight of a thousand pieces of silver in my hands, I would not put out my hand against the king's son. For we all heard the king command you, Abishai and Ittai, saying, protect the young man Absalom for my sake. "'Otherwise, if I had acted treacherously against his life, for nothing is hidden from the king, you yourself would have taken sides against me.' Joab said, "'I will not waste time with you.' So he took three spears in his hand and thrust them through the heart of Absalom while he was still alive and caught in the midst of the tree. And ten young men, Joab's armor bearers, surrounded and struck Absalom and killed him. Then Joab blew the trumpet to signal the end of the combat, and the men returned from pursuing Israel, for Joab held them back.' They took down the body of Absalom and threw him into a deep pit in the forest and set up a huge mound of stones over him. Then all Israel fled, everyone to his own tent. Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and set up for himself a memorial pillar, which is in the king's valley, for he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. He named the memorial pillar after himself, and to this day it is called Absalom's monument. Then Ahimaz, the son of Zadok, said, let me run and bring the king, I need you to move your Bible over News that the Lord has vindicated him by rescuing him from the power of his enemies. But Joab told him, You are not the man to carry news to King David today, but you shall carry news another day. On this day you shall carry no news, because the king's son is dead. Then Joab said to the Cushite, Ethiopian, Go tell the king what you have seen. And the Cushite bowed to Joab and ran. Then Ahimaaz the son of Zadok, said again to Joab, But whatever happens, please let me also run after the Cushite. Joab said, why should you run, my son, seeing you will have no messenger's reward for going because you have only bad news. But, but whatever happens, let me run. So Joab said to him, run. Then Ahimaaz ran by the way of the plain of the Jordan River and outran the Cushite. Now David was sitting between the two gates and the lookout went up to the roof of the gate by the wall. And when he raised his eyes and looked, he saw a man running alone. The lookout called down and told the king. The king said, if he's alone, he has good news to tell. And he came nearer and nearer. Then the lookout saw another man running, and he called to the gatekeeper and said, Look, another man running alone. The king said, He also is bringing good news. The lookout said, I think the man in front runs like Ahimaz, the son of Zadok. The king said, He's a good man and is coming with good news. And Ahimas called out and said to the king, All is well. And he, Why did he say that? And he bowed before the king with his face to the ground and said, Blessed be the Lord your God who has handed over the men who lifted up their hands to fight against my lord, the king. The king asked, Is the young man Absalom safe? Ahimaaz answered, When Joab sent the king's servant and your servant, I saw a great turmoil, but I do not know what it was about. The king told him, Step aside, stand here. And he stepped aside and stood still. Behold, the Cushite Ethiopian arrived and said, Let my lord the king receive good news, for the lord has vindicated you today by rescuing you from the hand power of all those who stood against you. The king asked the Cushite, Is the young man Absalom my son safe? The Kushite replied, may the enemies of my lord, the king, and all those who rise against you to do evil be dead like that young man is. The king was deeply moved and went to the upper room over the gate and wept in sorrow. And this is what he said as he walked. "O oh, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, how I wish I had died instead of you. O oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Heavy. Very heavy, mm-hmm. huh? Oh, yeah. So crazy. What a crazy story. Mm. You think you have family problems. Mm-hmm. They, <laughs> it's just like,
0: the like worst. I said one
1: time, like the Real Housewives of Israel, like it really is very crazy, intense, and dramatic what these people went through mm-hmm. and what they lived through. So I'm going to share my soap, unless you have something to say first. Okay. So my soap is the way I read my Bible. It's the scripture observation, application, and prayer. And my verse that I chose was verse 9. It says, now Absalom met the servants of David. Absalom was riding on a mule, and the mule went under the thick branches of a massive tree, and his head was caught in the thick branches of the tree, and he was left hanging in midair between heaven and earth while the mule that had been under him kept going. And if we go back to last week, I think we talked about shekels, and like the. it said Absalom cut his hair every year because it grew so much, and he cut off 200 shekels. Weight, in weight of, in weight of his hair, like which half was a half a pound of hair. So this guy had a lot of hair. So if you just imagine that he had so much hair and he went under, he's like on a mule and he's under and this massive tree, like grabs him by the hair and he's hanging there by his hair.
0: Which I believe is 100% possible because of my daughter Adeline's hair. True. I've seen her got, get caught by tons of stuff with her, with her <laughs> She's stuck all she's the time. Got, she's got a good half pound of hair, too.
1: Yeah, she does. She'll just be walking by something, like a cabinet door, and it'll grab her hair, and she'll be like, I'm stuck. Help me. Someone help me. And just start screaming because she's stuck by her hair. It's true. It's true. I never thought of that. So what I wrote as my observation of this um, was that the Lord, I believe, snared Absalom in a way that only he could. Because, uh, how? I mean, I... I the Lord was involved in this. And when you look back at the last ver- last chapter, which was covered last Thursday um, in Morning Breath, 2 Samuel chapter 17, verse 14, it actually says um, – where is it? Nope. I wrote it wrong. Anyway, there's a part in here that I can't find right now, and it says, Lord – was thwarting him it actually says he was thwarting absalom because absalom was rising up in dissension against david against his dad and he was stealing the hearts of men he was he had actually kicked them out of his own palace and he had taken over and all this stuff so i was saying that the lord is the one who who thwarted him and then i asked the question of like why couldn't he just get down like how how bad was it why couldn't he have just like pulled out chunks of his hair and just gotten down and escaped. But that when God is involved, like he He had him right where he wanted him. And my application was just trust God for justice. And just any way that I have felt like unfair, you know, so many times in your life, like that's not fair. And it doesn't change when you're an adult. Like you still feel like injustice and whether it's someone who has said something wrong about you and slandered you, gossiped about you. Or it's just the way a circumstance has played out or it's just the way that like I've lost my taste and smell for over six months. Like you just feel like that is not fair, you know, but you can trust that God sees you and he gets it and he's working on your behalf. And at the end of the day, he will have justice, even if he has to catch someone off a donkey (laughs) by their hair. hair.
0: (laughs) got (laughs) snatched off a donkey by my hair yeah you know exactly so i saw something just i'm gonna put something together here that when david is at the end just weeping for his son um excuse me feeling emotional uh i was talking to some friends and they'd been through like a pretty tough time and they were older in age and they were talking about their daughter who had just helped them so much through this time and they said to me that our daughter is amazing um, but when she was a teenager she was really hard to deal with and she was the one in the family that they weren't sure if like they were going to be friends later in life Mm -hmm. and they were just so ecstatic that like Now, the one as a teenager that was so hard to deal with was like there for them in their later life, you know? Mm -hmm. And like any family goes through hard times. Any family, if you have, we have teenagers. We have two teenage boys. Um, They're both super athletes. They're both competitive. They both have a sense of justice. And sometimes there's friction in our home. When I grew up with my three two, two brothers and sister, I would fight with my brother and I'd fight with my sister. Um, like crazy, you know, just super competitive home. We all are, have strong opinions Mm -hmm. and love to display how great they are at all times. Yes. And so we were, you know, as a family, I'll just say we were going through a night where there was some, there was some bickering going on, some fighting going on. And like, we worked really hard to get to the bottom of it. And there were points where I think all of us were just like, I'm sick of this. Just like, oh, yeah. we're not getting to the bottom of this. Just yep. stop whining, move on. Yeah. And when we finally got to the bottom of it, it was like, oh, okay. Like, we're all like, we all felt a sense of relief. Yeah. Every one of us, I could tell. All the children felt relief. All the parents felt relief. Yeah. And I just thought, work as hard as you can. In, this, in the situation that you're in with your own family to work through your problems, to work through your disagreements. Don't let things get brushed under. Parents, don't allow your kids to just brush brush their fight with their older brother over and over and over. Don't road. allow it to, them to brush it under the rug. Don't allow it to just not be talked about, not be worked through. To the best of your ability, don't give up on your family. Don't Don't let the enemy tell you that this terrible teenager is going to be terrible forever. You're just not going to be their friend. So you just give up on them. Yeah. You know Um, that person that later in life, that now they have a grown adult child saying like the one we thought we weren't sure if was going to make it Mm -hmm. was the one that was helping them the most later in life. Yeah. Like God can turn your situation around. So don't lose hope if you're going through a struggle with it, with a parent, with a child. Um, Don't go, don't lose hope. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. Keep pressing in. Keep going. It's worth it. As a family, we have a goal that we want our children to want to be around us and each other when they don't, when have, they to be. don't have to be. That's our goal. We want our children to want to be around us, but around each other when they don't have to be. Yeah. Uh, we cannot control every decision they're going to make. We can't control their who their spouses are gonna be, and what opinions that they might have. And we're not worried about that. Can but-
1: we not? Can we try? <laughs> can we-, <laughs> we can pray. I'm praying right now for my kids' spouses. Yeah,
0: we can't control the future, but we can, contr- we can control our present. Mm-hmm. And the present is that we would work as hard as we can to love each other, to respect each other, to, to work through the disagreements, to understand each other's situations mm-hmm. and, and dealing with one another. Yeah. I know what it feels like to be a big brother. I was the big brother. And I know what it feels like for my brother not to like me because he never got to win. Mm-hmm. Like, And decade of that, it just little brothers just kind of had it like, yeah, not interested in apologizing. You haven't apologized for 10 years. Yeah. Why would I ever apologize to you? And so I know what that feels like. And I also know what it feels like for me and my brother to be friends now and to to play video games together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, me and my brother, John, um, I know he wouldn't care if I shared this, but we fought a lot as brothers and we haven't always gotten along. And I, I could take, I'll take all the credit I deserve on that. I, I haven't been the kindest person in my life to him. and, But when he had COVID, uh, back when it first happened, he's a firefighter, and he got it, like, right away. He was in the middle of, like, taking care of patients and people. We, I think, I feel like we re-sparked our relationship, and it's funny, over video games, because he was stuck in his house alone. Thank you, Xbox. Yeah, he was stuck in his house (laughs) alone, and so Xbox Live, let's go. And so I play with him, like, almost every day, you know, and I still play with him. Every week, yeah, and we're we're I'm I'm we'll gonna be forty two. I am forty two. You are, Hello. And he's he's thirty eight. You know, like we're yeah. old. We are old men he's playing not video games.
1: Yet. He's still thirty seven. Yeah, exactly. he's younger than me. I know. A little bit younger than me. But, yeah, that's. But been. I'm just
0: saying, like, don't give up because, like, what you even think you might don't have right now with a relationship with a, with a child or a parent or sibling, you could get.
1: Yes, there's hope. There's hope for sure. And it was. Chapter 17, verse 14, I just had to go back to this. It says, for the Lord had ordained to thwart the good advice of Ahithophel so that the Lord could bring disaster upon Absalom. So just saying, just saying. Anyway, um, verse 2, I thought it was interesting, just a really brief note. It says, then David sent the army out, a third under the command of Joab, third under Abishai, third under Ittai the Gittite. And the king said to the men, I myself will certainly go out to fight with you. And I thought back to not that long ago, as far as like in the Bible chapters ago, David chose not to go out to fight. And that got him in a lot of trouble because then he was home when he should have been fighting with his people. And then Bathsheba, dun, dun, dun. So I think it was encouraging to see that he was given another chance and he learned his lesson. And he said I'm I'm going with you guys, you know, and then Mm -hmm. it actually gave the people who protected him the opportunity to say, no, actually you need to stay here and be safe because you're worth 10,000 of us and blah, blah, blah. So I thought that was interesting that, uh, he wasn't going to make the same mistake again. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. That was cool. Um, I want to say something too. what I was talking about earlier with your children as parents with adult children. Um, don't be afraid about your children. I always think about Job, how Job was so afraid for his children, um, and he walked in the spirit of fear. It says that he actually like sacrificed daily for his kids. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, I'm not saying that—I uh, actually heard a preacher one time talk about that's why all his kids were taken from him. I, I highly disagree with that. I think that's just absolutely ridiculous. I think people were just looking for excuses of why God allowed this in, yeah. um, in Job's life, but— I just the thing I walked away is like we don't need to be afraid for our children and we what we need to do is be in prayer for our children mm-hmm. and be praying that the seeds that have been planted in their heart, the good seeds would bring forth the harvest yep. and God will answer those words and pray that people, laborers, Christians, believers will go along their path yeah. and speak life and speak hope to them and do our best to support that and do our best to bring mentors in their life, no matter how old they are, yeah. getting them around, inviting them. Don't ever stop inviting them to church. Don't ever, don't ever stop reaching out to them because I'm watching some people with a uh, you know, like mid-20s children right now, where it's like they're still kind of playing that, like, I don't want to do what mom and dad are doing, you know, that kind of game. But there's going to come a point where that, that person finally realizes, like, Oh my gosh, like you sacrifice so much for me. Yeah. Like it's going to cross their mind when they have to pay for their first family vacation and you know, yeah. when they don't get to sleep in mom and dad's hotel room that mom and dad paid for. Yeah. It's going to cross their mind how much mom and dad sacrificed and love them. So yeah. what I'm saying, is just don't give up on them. It's good. Just keep staying with them, keep blessing them, keep loving them. Yep. Don't be afraid. Don't allow the enemy to give you that 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 to be led by fear because God does not give us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and sound mind, right? So operate in love, operate in power, operate as if you are their friend. Yeah. Keep going and keep pushing. I want to add
1: something too, though. When they are kids and you can tell them what to do and make them do things, go to church with them and make them go to kids' church and don't let them rule your home. Don't let them decide that oh we're too tired or we stayed up too late on saturday night or whatever like it is so important and essential that you guys go to church together because the things that i remember songs and verses when i remember specifically waking up one morning and being like i don't want to go to church and my dad made me and of course i'm like so wrong whatever but like the verses and the songs and the things that i heard found their way into my heart to where it's still there today. I read verses sometimes and I'm like, oh my gosh, I know a song that had to come out of this verse from going to church as a kid. Like it's so worth it to make your kids go to church and do it as a family.
0: You want your kids to have that kind of gumption to make their kids go to church when they have kids. And so show them right
1: now. You're you're the parent, okay? You (laughs) you needed that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right, we love you. We hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time.
0: You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. Please enjoy a word from our sponsors. Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com.